Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. I am fired up today, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Fired up. It's July 1st when we're cutting this. Second half of the year. Second half of the year, but we just had uh, some unbelievable news that's going on. This isn't a news show, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next several months and certainly over the next couple of years, but... Uh, the ruling just went into effect that student athletes can now be compensated and utilize uh, their brand, their image, etc., to make money. Show me the money! Show me the money! So as of midnight last night, uh, that went into effect, and uh, it's interesting because I would love to have somebody on this show. I would love to talk to somebody about that on this show. So we're working on that right now. We're working on bringing in a student athlete, talk to him about. Uh, what they're going through, what kind of what kind of uh, stuff they're hearing, seeing. I, I just think this is a game changer, no pun intended, for some of these kids. It's just unbelievable. I think we're going to see more of this stuff. I mean, I think we're going to see why can't high school, why can't some of these national nationally ranked high school uh, basketball teams, you know, be? I mean, they are sponsored. Actually, they get you know they get all kinds of things. But why can't some of these kids that are unbelievable be be sponsored individually? Anyways, it's pretty. You're not enthused. At all. No, they should be. You've gone through some challenges. Tell us about it. Life of a rental. Oh, I was talking about the in-laws. Oh. <laughs> Life kidding. at a rental. <laughs> in-laws. You had your in-laws in. I have a three-bedroom. And you, and, but you, uh, you had no AC. I mean, AC this broke. Is... You know the perks of renting is not having to deal with maintenance. You know the downside of renting is you have to rely on somebody else to deal with the maintenance. <laughs> oh, who's I mean, less motivated than you are. And what's happening? I mean, it... it What's going on there? Yeah, so uh, our air conditioner broke on the first 90-degree day of the year in Kentucky. Mm. And uh, it's on its last leg. It's been on its last leg forever. The, so the downside of renting um, is you don't have to replace the HVAC, uh, or the upside of renting is you don't have to replace the HVAC. The downside is your landlord will like put duct tape on it until... Like and, and you're, it's not, going totally to, you're gone. not leaving a review. This is an Airbnb where you're like checking no. out next month, next week, and um, you're like, ah, that was the AC didn't work. I wouldn't go there until it got yeah. it fixed. So we have a fantastic landlord. He's actually really good to work with. We've enjoyed our experience with him. He um, probably doesn't listen to this. Show. No, but he's actually a really good guy. Uh, so I'll give him props. But he's, you know, it's a business for him, and and so he's not going to spend the money on it until it's really, really needs the money spent on it, and that's his business decision. So it is what it is. But it broke again, and. It kind of goes wonky every year, so we're kind of used to it. Uh, but it was the first of a couple 90-degree days, Ooh. and uh, he couldn't get somebody out until days later. Uh, I think tomorrow or the day after, somebody's coming out to check on it. So, yeah, it was a little warm. Now we have two air conditioners. The yeah. one that's upstairs where we sleep that works. worked fine. Oh, so good. I was happy because I was if like, you, yeah, I can sleep. Horrible. It's just uh, the wife and kids home during the day with mm. our family from out of state. Oh. Uh, I was like, I don't know. It's totally like first world problems. I mean, yeah, it was like well, for sure. 79, 80 in the house, which is not bad. It's just there was no air movement. So we took all the fans that I keep in the garage for my cycling, and we just pumped air. It was like a wind tunnel for the first day. And then uh, I went out and bought a window AC unit out of our uh, emergency fund, house savings fund, 
And yep. uh, so we had cash there. So boom, we just problem solved. Like, because we had cash available. We're like, boom, put an air conditioner in. It is what it is. Get through it. And we didn't stress about it because whatever. We can do it. Grass and, is greener, always has to be mowed. One of my favorite sayings. If you're in the tribe, you know we're dealing with septic issues. So as an owner, I am spending thousands of dollars to fix mm-hmm. a septic issue, uh, which is – I'm now a septic master, by the way. I mean, I like I know all about septic tanks, how they work, the, how yeah. they should work. I mean, it's unbelievable. That's I have uh, no idea. I just – But again, flush. It's, I'm dealing with that. Yep. You know, as an owner, uh, somebody who's I, – I think it's – I find it humorous. And again, this is a challenge. You don't have AC, but – all these people are like, oh, I got to own. I got to buy. I got to buy. You know, I'm throwing my money away renting. And I'm like, you have no idea that if you're not factoring in 1% to 2%, mm-hmm. I would go as high as 2% per year of your home purchase, your cost of your home for maintenance, for maintenance, uh, you're, 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 not, you're not budgeting properly. We got to spend. I got to spend. I mean, I'll just be transparent. I'm spending five hundred and twenty dollars to clean all of our gutters. Yeah. Because they're two floors up. Mm-hmm. I can't get to them. I mean, I guess I could rent a bucket truck. You could and do all get the to rest it. of that nonsense. And people who are listening, they're like, "Oh my gosh, Quint, are you serious?" I, I can't do. It's not me. It's not, not what I do. So guys, got to come over. They got to get on something, clean out all these gutters because we basically have trees like growing. Yeah, and in if you don't gutters. clean them out, literally a tree will grow oh, in the gutter. Literally, I have probably a thousand trees growing in these little gut, little yeah. trees now, but they could be big trees. Gutter gardens. What's that? Oh, that's, that's what the happens. I thought, you, I thought it was like stuff a, grows up. It's were, a gutter garden. I thought it, I thought that was a uh, product or something. Like you're like, oh, no. get the gutter garden. That takes. They away have those all things that like gutter block gardens. it. Yeah, yeah, but then we're you just have it. like a waterfall coming off. We're looking into that. When it rains like it is today. Yeah. Okay, let's go. We got a great <laughs> question from Ashley. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, I know about, it was good because it jumped to the top of the list. Yeah, IRAs and over-contributions. Yes, and yes, 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 the, yes. Uh, the fun taxes, excise yep. taxes. Yep. All right, uh, Ashley, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hi, guys. Um, my name is Ashley. I have a question about Roth IRAs and specifically in terms of taxing taxes. I'm self-employed, and I have a bunch of IRAs and Roth set up with various different um, companies like Betterment and Guideline, and I put it on automatic kind of um, to withdraw money out, and I forgot about some, so it actually ended up being that I contributed more than the allotted yearly in doing the taxes this year. I know that there were some things about taking it out so you don't get taxed or they take a percentage of that, so I was just curious if you knew anything about that looking to consolidate all those 401ks and all those IRAs into one company probably would be the best idea. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to let you speak to the particulars of this, but uh, this is not that uncommon, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Uh, so I have, I have, uh, as many people know, I am a uh, adjunct faculty member of the University of Kentucky. They pay me a small amount to do that. I uh, defer 100% of that to a voluntary 403B. 403B is very similar to a 401K, except it's for a nonprofit uh, entity. And so I defer all of that. I also contribute to our company 401K and receive a match for that. I have to monitor that because the combination of the two can o- go over 
the allotted amount for a 401k, which is $19,500. So if I don't watch that and, and back off the contributions as the year goes on, I can, I can contribute more. I did one year. And because they're two different entities, nobody's watching that but mm-hmm. myself. And until tax time, when the accountant goes to say, oh, you contributed 20000 instead of the nineteen five, you you're $500 over. So I contacted the 401k provider for us, which is Vanguard, and I said, I need to, because I had, I had gone over. I was, I was going to go over. And so I stopped the contributions from the University of Kentucky. I contacted the provider, and I said, I need to uh, back out the last $500 or whatever it was. I thought by doing it prior to the end of the year, it would be no problem. It was a problem. (laughs) They weren't able to cut the check until, I don't know, January or something, Mm -hmm. which basically meant I got a 1099 for a distribution. Now, I let my accountant know that this was an over allotted contribution and I was recharacterizing it or moving it out. I don't know what the terminology is. You'll you'll fill us in there. And that I, while being definitely liable for the taxes, believed I shouldn't be liable for the penalty. So he said, I'm not gonna quote him, but I think a roundabout <laughs> is okay, you know, we'll we'll do it that way, but understand you might get a letter from the IRS saying you're going to owe the penalty. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. And it, and it wasn't a tremendous, I mean, again, I think it was an over allotment of 500 or a thousand or something like that, but it was my responsibility to stay on top of that, to be aware of those contribution limits, especially since I was just like Ashley contributing automatically. It was my job if not, then it would have been caught on the tax return like I'm guessing she had have she had happened and now is probably at minimum going to be liable for taxes, if not the penalty, definitely. There's no question about it, in my opinion. So what are your thoughts on all that, Daniel? Yeah, uh, first and foremost, definitely consolidate accounts unless you have a really good reason not to. Um, so it sounded like there was... Not just a 401k and IRA, <clears throat> but there was multiple Roth IRAs or IRAs in various different places. So uh, unless you have a really, really good reason to separate those out and be contributing into multiple places, uh, either just consolidate them all together and make your life easy or only contribute to one. Because, for instance, if you're contributing to, say, a Betterment or a Schwab or a Vanguard and you hit that annual limit for your Roth IRA or IRA, they're going to let you know when you try to make another deposit, uh, hey, you've hit the annual limit for your age and so forth. So uh, you'll kind of have that safeguard built in there. Um, Beyond that, once you have an over-contribution made, uh, it sounded uh, like Ashley wasn't necessarily too keen on reversing that or taking it out, though it sounded like she thought she knew she had to. It is important to reverse that and uh, take out that over-contribution because you will owe what's called a 6% excise tax uh, if you just leave that in there and forget about it. Um, So if if you over-contribute to your Roth IRA and then you you let that sit there for one, two years, it's a 6% every year that it remains in there, uh, excise tax for an over-contribution. 
Now, to reverse a contribution, all you pretty much need to do is uh, contact your custodian. That's your Vanguards, Betterman, Schwabs, etc. Let them know that you made an over-contribution. They're going to do a calculation based upon um, what the account has done. Uh, they're going to send you back uh, some of your... Uh, well, they're going to send you all of the over-contribution back, but they're also going to give you the earnings, uh, if applicable, on that over-contribution. And... Uh, you'll basically have to, you know, pay any taxes that are applicable and so forth. That's not fair. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a little complicated, but your your uh your custodian broker whatever has done it before. They have a process in place. Ask them what it is and 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 kind of walk through it. You have until um the tax filing deadline uh to get this sorted out. Um so it's not actually a, a January one thing, it's a tax fine deadline, but then yeah, if it's distributed in the year after the year was made, it kind of complicates things. Yeah, it's one of those like really annoying speed bumps in terms of uh, paperwork, accounting, tax rules, etc. It's it's not it's not simple and straightforward, but it can be unwound. It's not the end of the world. I think that in summary, what I like and I'm hearing is uh, auto contributions are great. However. If you are doing that in multiple places, I guess, number one, I'd ask why, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you brought up a good point. I told you I have two different plans. I have to. They're two different employers, so I have to have two different plans. If I didn't, I wouldn't have two Roths set up or yeah. an IRA one place and an IRA, you know, two different IRAs. I would have consolidating those. And 401ks are funky because you typically do a percentage of your salary. And right. so it can actually be hard to track throughout the year unless you're really looking at your pay stubs. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. No, so, so that's the first thing is to keep that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but second of all, again, I think if you are one of these people that, let's say you're, you know, contributing to your company plan and you're – uh, contributing also to your IRA or your Roth IRA. I've seen people who are automatically contributing to a Roth. They don't realize they've actually been phased out of yep. the contribution levels. Uh, so I think you've got to be aware of what's going on. Th- this this comes back to uh, knowing where your money goes. Mm-hmm. So just because you're in a situation where maybe you don't have debt You've paid off all the you know nonsense debt, and you've now really gotten in a position where you're building wealth. I think that's fantastic. It doesn't mean that you take your eye off the ball with where your money is going all the time. Yep. Um, I have tried over the last couple of years to adopt an, just an old term or, or strategy that says, you know, take care of the pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. And what what basically for me that means is I've got a lot of moving pieces uh, in my overall financial picture, and I have to – I can't necessarily – I mean, I'm going to review the big picture on, you know, on occasion, but what I need to be more – more uh, knowledgeable of is where all those little moving pieces are going so that I don't lose sight of something and wake up one day and go, oh, I, I've, boy, I've totally missed this account that's just been sitting here. I mean, these are ter- these are wonderful problems to have, but, <laughs> oh, I missed this, or I should have been paying this down, or I should have, again, this year we did a backdoor I- Roth IRA. I should have been doing that for the last five years. I, I, I don't know why, I, it's stupid, but I just didn't do it. Uh, and we should have been doing it. We missed a huge opportunity there. So 
those are the little things. If you take care of the little things, the big things will certainly work out. Yeah, and this is, I mean, not to harp on financial planning, but that's part of why you work with a financial planner over a course of years is because as your life becomes more complicated and evolves, uh, typically they're looking for those opportunities. Now, when we work in our wealth development program with folks, this is one of the reasons why on the annual calendar we look at the filed tax return in the spring, but then in uh, around November, December time, we're actually doing a rough calculation on uh, what happened this year. So if you did over-contribute to Roth, if you did phase out or something like that, we're just looking for a you know kind of rough estimate where you're going to be ballpark to end that year. Are there any sort of last-minute things we need to do and working in conjunction with your accountant to do those things? Hey, that was a good setup because the Wealth Development Program is live. Uh, it is on our website, uh, which is Jewel Financial. Uh, dot com jewel financial and you can learn more i've had over the years we've had people go hey how do we work with you uh and we've always kind of bunted and said well we're working on this wealth development program and this is not this isn't for somebody i mean if you're looking to get out of debt and pay down you know things and so that's forth, what the show's for that's what the show's for that was what our boot camp was for that's what our diy money book is for but if you are in the wealth development stage of your life and you're looking for a fee only advisor Uh, The Wealth Development Program might be for you. So check that out on our website under our services tab. All right, friends. Remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your questions aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.